بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على شرف الأنبياء والمرسلين محمد رسول الله صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا فما بعد Brothers and sisters, in our series of reminders about the Sahaba of Rasulullah I want to talk to you today about one of the most beautiful of them, one of the most important of them. One of, the, one of those who was the most beloved to Rasulullah to the extent that he said that Salman is from my Ahlul Bayt, from my household. And that is Salman al-Farsi of the Allah one. He has a very beautiful history and it shows SubhanAllah, when you read about people like this, seriously, I question myself and may Allah forgive me. The way in which our priorities are different from those of the Sahaba. For the Sahaba, there were people who were like in character, they were like Ibrahim salam. Their sole concern was to connect with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Their whole focus was, I am looking for the truth. And it was not something that they did on the weekend or they did as, as a hobby. They, this was their life. And they did everything subject to that. Their whole life was seeking the truth, like Ibrahim alayhi salam did, you know, from the, right from the beginning. Ibrahim alayhi salam's search was Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right. Today, are we, we have careers, we have this, we have that, we have families, we have what not. None of which is haram. Alhamdulillah, this is good. We should have careers, we should have families. But what is the number one focus? Is it Allah or is it something else? Ghairullah. Everything other than Allah, everything is Ghairullah, whether it is family or whoever. Right? And as I said before, it's, it's not... It's not haram to, of course, you should have a family, you should look after them, you should have a good career, nothing. But which is the number one focus? The point being that that is the reason why when it comes to a question, when we have to make a choice between my job and Allah, my family and Allah, my desire and Allah, we know what we do. Now, Salman al-Farsi was not like this. So, Salman al-Farsi says that he was... He was the son of the high priest of the fire temple of the Zoroastrians in Persia. And his father obviously because he was the high priest he was also an honorable man. He was a wealthy man so they lived in a big house and everything else. And, and Salman Farsi says that his father loved him so much that he would not let him out of his sight. He said it was literally like Yusuf Ali Salam and his father. He didn't let him out of his sight. So, Salman Farsi says, my whole childhood was almost like a prison because my father would not let, and that's out of love, not that he was, you know, imprisoning, but out of, he didn't want his son out of his sight. So, he said it was like this, and my father would go and he, he would pray to the fire, he would make the fire, you know, make sure the fire never goes out and so on, and, and Salman Farsi used to help him. But he said, I never, my heart was not in this, I, I knew this was wrong, I, mean, this, I knew this was not, the fire is not God, you know, this fire can be put out. And he wanted to go and seek the truth, but the father won't let him go anywhere out. So one day he said that his father could not go out. And his father had estates. He had father had, you know, agriculture and all kinds of things. So one day his father said to him, you go and, you know, go, go see how things are doing. And uh, 
I, because I can't go. So he went out and when he went there, he passed by a church. And these people were, uh, they were praying and they were singing or something. And he said, I like that very much, what they were singing and how they were doing it. And he spent time there. And when he came home, he told his father. Obviously, the father got very angry with all this. So he said, this is all nonsense. Our religion is the right one. And uh, so he said he, now he actually imprisoned him in his house. He would not let him out. Eventually, Salman Farsi escaped, Radhilano, and he left Persia. Uh, there was a caravan going to Syria, so he went with them. And he asked people, he said, who are they? where are these Christians? Who are these people? And so on. So they sent him to one place where there was, there was a bishop. There was a big church and there was a big bishop there. And so he went there and he said to the bishop, I want to join your religion. I want to be your, your, uh, your servant and, and serve you. The bishop said, okay. So he, he converted and he was serving this bishop. But he said that he saw that this man was a very corrupt man. And he used to take money from people. He would say the money was for something. He would pocket the money. He would use it. And all kinds of corrupt things this man used to do. So, Salman Farsi got very disgusted. He said, what kind of a man is this? I mean, you know, I am supposed to be serving him, but he is like this. Eventually, the man died. The bishop died. And uh, the people came to honor him and to bury him. And Salman Farsi said to them, this is what the man was. Right? You want to honor him, do it. But, you know, this is how he was. The people got so upset and so angry that they actually crucified the dead body and they used to throw stones at it. I mean, they, they would not even bury him after that. So then Salman Farsi left from there. He went further. And uh, he met another man who was another Christian, but he was a monk. He was by himself in a cave and this man was a decent man. He was a very good man. And he used to, you know, he used to copy texts and pray and so on. And he, Salman Farsi spent some time with him and this man was very good. And that man said to him that even what I am doing, what I am praying and so on, this is really not the truth. He said the truth will come and there is a, there is a prophet who is due to come. He is not here yet, but he is due to come. So he said, where is he going to come? He said he is going to come in this place. And he mentioned to him what today we know as Madina which was those in Yathrib, but he said, this is the land, which is the dead palms and desert and whatnot. So Salman Farsi said that I decided to go there and wait for this prophet to come. So he went with, the, there was this tribe called Banu Kalb. So they were uh, going and they were passing through Amuria, where, which is where uh, Salman Farsi was there at the time. And so he went to them and he said, they were going to the land of the Arabs. So he said, can you take me with you? And they said, yes, we can take you and pay us so much money. So he paid them the money and all that. But these people, they uh, took him. And when they came to a place called uh, Wadi Al-Qura, which was a place between Medina and Syria, they broke their agreement and they sold Salman Farsi, who was a free man, as a slave to somebody. And uh, this guy they sold him to was a Jew. And this Jew then sold him to his nephew who belonged to the tribe of Ban Quraida. And the nephew took him to the city of Yathrib. The city of uh, Palm Groves which the Christian monk had described to him in Amuria. 
Now, Ajeeb, in these uh, stories, when we think about it and we reflect back in the stories of the Quran, you see reflections of different stories in the stories of the Sahaba, some of them. As I mentioned to you, this whole seeking of truth reflects the life of uh, Sayyidina Ibrahim alayhi salam. And uh, all the other things which I told you, if you think about it, it reflects the life of Yusuf alayhi salam. Here was a man who was so loved by his father and so on, and then he is sold as a slave and all that. But eventually Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes him to where he wants him. Right? So this is the quality of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala jalla jalaluhu uh, who does his work in a way which sometimes to us appears to be negative but it is not negative there is positive which is hidden in that right I mean Yusuf alayhi salam story also if you see it seems like a series of you know one like from one bad situation to another situation which is worse I mean one after the other but that was Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's way of protecting him from other things and then eventually elevating him to a state where he was as the, as the ruler of Egypt. And so also with Salman Fasir anhu, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's qadr was to have him meet Rasulullah So Salman al-Farsi said, Alhamdulillah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, did what he, what I wanted to happen. So then one day he was, he was on top of a dead palm. He was, you know, doing some work on top. Then he heard his, that his uh, slave master, the, the Jew, saying to somebody that he said, "May Allah declare war. May Allah, you know, destroy the Aus and the Khazraj, who were the two Arab tribes of Yathrib." He said they are now gathering at Quba to meet the man who came from Makkah, who claims that he is a prophet. So Salman al-Farsi said, I started shivering on top of the day. I said, this is the man and this is the day. And uh, so he came down and he, he said to him, say, what were you saying? So his master beat him. He hit him, he hit him hard. He said, go back to your work. What, what is it to do with you? It's nothing to do with you. Get out. So Salman al-Farsi anyway, went out. In the night, he took some dates and he went to meet Rasulullah Now this man, this Christian monk, Salman Farsi said to him, how will I recognize this man? You know, anybody can claim anything, right? So somebody says, I'm a prophet. So how do I know who is lying? Is is truthful or what? So this man said that one of the conditions or one of the, of, of the signs is that he will accept and eat a gift, but he will not, he will take sadaqah, but he will not eat the sadaqah. He will give it away. So anything has given a sadaqah, he will not consume it. But a gift, a hadiyah, he will take. So Salman Fasir who took these dates and uh, he went to meet Nabi Sallallahu and he said uh, to him, Ya Rasulullah, this is uh, some sadaqah that I have brought. So Rasulullah took it and he gave it away to whoever wanted it. He did not eat it. Next day Salman Fasir said, I went again and uh, I took some more dates. And I said to him, Ya Rasulullah, this is hadiyah from me to you. So Rasulullah then he ate one or two dates and he also, I mean, he shared everything with people, So, but he did, but this one also he shared. So Salman Farsi knew, Radiallahu that this is the truth. And he accepted Islam at the hand of Jesus. Then he said, well, I'm a slave. Now, he was a, he was a, he was a free man who had been enslaved 
so rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam asked him ask he said go ask your master what is your price for you know freeing you that jew said to him the price for freeing him is to plant 300 date palms right so sarma farsi came and said ya rasulullah he says to plant 300 date palms i have no money i have nothing how will i get 300 date palms how will i do it rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam said don't worry he asked the people he asked his companion the sahaba he said bring whoever can bring date palms bring date palms this is why we need it so whoever could bring they brought somebody brought one somebody brought two somebody brought 10 100 whatever right so suddenly they had 300 seedlings rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam said to sarma farsi you go and dig 300 pits and keep these but don't plant them he said i will come and plant them and see the the commitment that rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam had to his companions so when the pits were ready sarma farsi came and said ya rasulullah pits are ready rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam himself went and he planted every one of those date palms and of course i mean the, the hand of the nabi alaihi salam they, they all came and and sulman al farsi radhiyallahu who was uh, freed he was a very very simple person and they say that he never even had a house rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam paired him up with um, one of the uh, ansari sahaba abu dardar al ansari radhiyallahu he made him the brother of abu darda al ansari radhiyallahu na abu darda radhiyallahu was a, among other things he was a, he was a scholar he was a very close uh, companion uh, companion of rasulullah sallallahu but he was also a very zahid man he, was, he you know he used to constantly fast and pray and so on so one day salman farsi radhiyallahu came to abu darda's house and he saw umm darda radhiyallahu who was also a scholar she was a muhaddisa she was in a sort of disabled state you know she was not really you know hair was not combed and things like this so he said to her why are you looking like this you are sick or something something is wrong with you she said nothing is wrong with me your brother is not interested in me anymore budarda is not interested she said what happened you, you had a fight he said, no no fight he is not not interested he fasts all day he prays all night i mean where is the time for me so sarman farsi radhiyallahu anhu said okay you leave it to me so he was there abu darda came radhiyallahu anhu he brought some food and he said to him he brought the food he said please eat sarman farsi said you sit with me and eat he said i'm fasting he said no what fasting this is no this is not ramadan there's no you know, so break your fast he said why oh, i'm subhan i'm fasting he said no, break the fast you you break the fast and eat with me or i won't eat so abu darda radhiyallahu reluctantly broke his fast he ate with him then in the night they lay down to sleep and abu darda radhiyallahu anhu stood up sarma farsi said where are you going he said i'm i'm going to pray tahajjud he said it's not tahajjud time we just finished salat isha what tahajjud you said lay down sleep so so abu darda lay down to sleep after a little while he tried to get up sarma farsi said where are you going he said subhanallah what is this he said lord lay down there's not time for sleep. he did this two three times in the night then finally at tahajjud time you know maybe an hour before before salat al-fajr he he also woke up they both they prayed tahajjud then they went to the masjid for salat al-fajr now abu darda radhiyallahu anhu was very upset 
here is this brother of mine who Nabi Sallallahu made a brother but you know there are limits I mean, what is I am your brother doesn't mean you are this is oppression this is zulm on me eh? are you, I, can't, I can't fast I can't pray I mean, what is this so he complained after Salat al-Fajr Nabi Sallallahu used to turn around and sit and he would sometimes talk to people and so on so they when he Ya Rasulullah this my brother is making zulm on me so what did he do he said this 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 Rasulullah said what did he say to you did he give you a reason why he did this he said, yes, he told me. He said, what did he say to you? He said to me, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has a right on you. Your body has a right on you. And your family has a right on you. Your wife has a right on you. Give to each one their right. Rasulullah said, your brother spoke the truth. Do that. He said, do that. Eh? Salman Farsi Radilanu is very also very well known for one of the wonder, most most important things in the Sira, which is the Khandaq. In the battle which is known as the Battle of Al Ahzab or the Battle of the Khandaq. Where he advised Rasulullah to dig a trench and uh, so that the, the, the Quraysh could not, the army could not cross. And Rasulullah did that. Uh, and and we know the whole story of the battle of uh, Khandaq. Uh, Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, Sayyidina Ali radhiyallahu anhu, uh, uh, Ali said about uh, Salman al-Farsi radhiyallahu anhu. He said Salman is stuffed with knowledge and wisdom as an ocean that does not dry up. Because he had uh, knowledge both of the Christian scriptures, which he studied under those people, and then of course he had knowledge of the Quran. Salman Farsi was the first person to try to translate the Quran into any other language, and that was the was Farsi, was uh, Persian. He translated some of the of the surahs of the Quran into Persian, and he died in uh, the year 35 after Hijra during the Khilafah of. Sayyidina Uthman ibn Affan uh, We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to help us to learn from these beautiful stories of the Sahaba and to try to practice some of these things in our lives. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to enable us to live our lives in a way that is pleasing to Him and to gather us together with these beautiful companions of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam when we meet him jalla jalaluhu on the day of judgment wa sallallahu ala nabiyil kareem wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in bi rahmatika